Welcome to Centre Church. We hope you enjoy this message recorded live from our Burgess Hill campus. Yeah, so today I'm going to be talking about Jeremiah 29. Um, and my, my theme is Don't Rush Through Your Exile. So another thing about my presenting style is I'm going to give you a little more context than you probably need. Um, just because in Japan we have to, there's no cultural background of Christianity, so we have to explain a lot of things. So yeah, first let's read the passage. So these are the words of the letter that the prophet Jeremiah sent from Jerusalem to the remaining elders among the exiles, and to the priests, the prophets, and all the people whom Nebuchadnezzar had taken into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. This was after King Jeconiah and the Queen Mother, the court officials, the leaders of Judah and Jerusalem, the artisans and the smiths had departed from Jerusalem. It said, Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, to all the exiles who I have sent into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon, build houses and live in them, plant gardens and eat what they produce, take wives and have sons and daughters, Take wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage that they may bear sons and daughters. Multiply there and do not decrease. But seek the welfare of the city where I have sent you into exile and pray to the Lord on its behalf. For in its welfare, you will find your welfare. For thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, do not let the prophets and the diviners who are among you deceive you and do not listen to the dreams that they dream. For it is a lie that they are prophesying to you in my name. I did not send them, says the Lord. For thus says the Lord, Only when Babylon's seventy years are completed will I visit you, and I will fulfill to you my promise and bring you back to this place. For surely I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans for your welfare and not for harm, to give you a future with hope. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me, I will hear you. When you search for me, you will find me if you seek me with all your heart. I will, let you, I will let you find me, says the Lord, and I will restore your fortunes and gather you from all the nations and all the places where I have driven you, says the Lord, and I will bring you back to the place from which I sent you into exile. Okay, so that, that, this is God's word. Um, so, a lot of people really like to focus on Jeremiah 29.11. It's very inspirational, it's easy to pick out, um, but I think, of course, it's very encouraging, but I think there's so much more to this, to this verse and to the whole Bible if uh, we look at its context. So, I, I keep my titles in Japanese as well. Context. So, what's the context of this verse? Well, first, it's a letter. It's a letter. So, as a letter, let's look at who, what, and why to help us understand the context. So, first of all, who? Who is it from? Who is it to? This is a literature class now, okay? <laughs> so, it's from Jeremiah to the, ex the, the Jewish exiles living in Babylon. And if you're not familiar with this story, you may be wondering, oh, what's going on? Why are the Jewish people not in Israel? Why are they in Babylon? 
What's going on? Next one, please. So let's go back a little bit. We go, go back to Jeremiah 25. Here it says, And though the Lord persistently sent you all his servants, the prophets, you have neither listened nor inclined your ears to hear. When they said, Turn now, every one of you, from your evil way and wicked doings, and you will remain upon the land that the Lord has given, you, given to you and your ancestors from of old and forever. Do not go after other gods to serve and worship them, and do not provoke me to anger with the work of your hands. Then I will do you no harm. Yet you did not listen to me, says the Lord. And so you have provoked me to anger with the work of your hands to your own harm. So they were not following God's ways. They were supposed to be a light, to light in the middle of all the other nations, spreading God's good way to the whole world. But that light went out. And frankly, they were just as greedy, violent, and sensual as everyone else around them. There was no difference. And God gave them many warnings over many generations, but they didn't listen. So he let them see the consequences of their own actions. So that's the who. Now what? What's the situation now at the time of the writing of the letter? So Jeremiah writes, This was after King Jeconiah and the queen mother, the court officials, the leaders of Judah and Jerusalem, the artisans, and the smiths had departed from Jerusalem. So here's our context. First of all, they are without a king. They're living in a foreign country uh, with different language and different culture. They are prisoners of war. Their home is in ruins. And the artisans and smiths, you know, the people who work in metal and stone, they're taken away. So there's no way to restore their home, Jerusalem, to its former glory. In fact, they're away from home, and they have no home to come back to. Um, things look pretty hopeless for them. So that's our what. That's our situation. How about why? Why was the letter written? What's, um, what's Jeremiah's message to the people? Okay, so he's addressing a lie here, a lie that false prophets are promising them that they are going to return to Jerusalem soon so they, don't, they shouldn't associate with Babylonian society. They should keep the Jews with the Jews and the Babylonians with the Babylonians and don't mix. Um, but Jeremiah wants them to follow Israel's original purpose, right? To be a light to all the nations. And so his message is turn your focus from trying to get out of your situation or trying to get back to the way things were and change your focus. Seek God and seek the welfare of the people around you. So, yes, like this. Okay, so he, he says, For thus says the Lord, Only when Babylon's seventy years are completed will I visit you, and I will fulfill to you my promise and bring you back to this place. Now, seven is a symbolic number in the Bible. Of course, seven days of creation, things like that. It's very important, and it means completeness, 
It means completeness. So by saying 70 years, Jeremiah is, is trying to tell them that they will return when God has completed his purpose for them there in his own timing, not theirs. So when God decides the work has been done, that's when you get to go home. <laughs> so now that we understand this famous verse in its context, um, I want to talk about how the, the meaning of the verse, um, it goes beyond its context to us in the present day. It's not stuck in the ancient Near East. It, comes, it speaks to us as well. Now, Babylon is more than an ancient kingdom. Um, it's actually a recurring image in the Bible as well. You see this image of, of Babylon um, from Genesis to Revelation, from Babel in Genesis to the, the, the great Babylon in Revelation, right? And uh, Peter writes in his, one of his letters, If you invoke as father the one who judges all people impartially according to their deeds, live in reverent fear during the time of your exile. And in Philippians, Paul writes, But our citizenship is in heaven, and it is from there that we are expecting a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. He will transform the body of our humiliation, that it may be conformed to the body of his glory, by the power that also enables him to make all things subject to himself. For, for to me, living is Christ, and dying is gain. If I am to live in the flesh, that means fruitful labor for me, and I do not know which I prefer. I am hard-pressed between the two. My desire is to depart and be with Christ, for that is better. But to remain in the flesh is more necessary for you, since I am convinced of this. I'm going to stop here for a moment. Um, so, as citizens of heaven, right, he says citizens of heaven, we are still waiting for God's kingdom to come fully. And so we live as exiles in our world today, in our situation. But it doesn't mean we just disregard this world as, oh, it's going away anyway. God's going to take us away. It's all fine. We don't need to worry about it. And, you know, Paul, as he says here, he knows that he had really important work to do for Jesus uh, on this earth, um, and if he didn't believe that, I mean, he says it's better to be with Christ. He would have given up on living. So he had this conviction that he still had work to do. So we'll continue reading. Since I'm convinced of this, I know that I will remain and continue with all of you for your progress and in, in joy and in faith, so that I may share abundantly in your boasting in Christ when I come to you again. So how did, how did the church, we have a wonderful model in Acts for how the church did this. In Acts 2, it says, all who believed were together and had all things in common. They would sell their possessions and goods and distribute the proceeds to all as any had need. Day by day, uh, as they spent time together in the temple, they broke bread at home and ate their food with glad and generous hearts praising God and having the goodwill of all the people. And day by day, the Lord added to their number those who were being saved. And going on in Acts 5, it says, Now many signs and wonders were done among the people through the apostles. And they were all together in Solomon's portico. None of the rest dared to join them, but the people held them in high esteem. 
Yet more than ever, believers were added to the Lord, great numbers of both men and women, so that even they even carried out the sick into the streets and laid them on cots and mats in order that Peter's shadow might fall on some of them as, they, as he came by. So the early church won over the people in their society with their generosity and their reckless love for people despite persecution. At this time, there's still being persecution. Difficulty just made them shine brighter. So, and there's another example from history. It's not written in the Bible, but if you've ever heard of the Antonine Plague, it was one of the first plagues to strike the Roman Empire, and it killed um, between, uh, historians estimate, between 5 and 10 million people, uh, roughly 10% of the entire Roman Empire. Um, but in the middle of this terrible plague, uh, Christians were brave. They took care of people. While other people were running away from the sick, trying to take care of themselves first, Christians ran towards the sick people. And historians believe that if not for the church, millions more would have died. But because they took such good care of people, they saved so many. And because of that, that, that um, was a testimony to their love and their care and the power of Jesus. And that was one of the main factors that helped the church explode in numbers in the first and second century. In fact, the Roman government was so embarrassed that Christians were taking so much better care of their people than their pagan priests or their, their government that they were trying to give, the, give them a kick in the pants. Like, come on, step it up. The Christians are making us look bad. Um, yeah, so thanks. So I think it's, it's really easy to dismiss the world the way it is now because we're waiting for Jesus' return. It's hard. There's a lot of difficult things happening, not just in our personal lives, but in the world at large. So it's really easy to just say, okay, Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. Just hold on. Um, and I think, next slide, please. I think it's easy to dismiss our current difficulties as well and just try to get away from them as quickly as possible, like change our situation, change our environment, which is important sometimes. And that, next slide, please. How much worse... How much worse does it feel when we're in a bad situation because of our mistakes? Think about the, how the Israelites must have felt, saying, we're in this terrible situation, and it's my fault. Um, it can be a little easier when it's outside of us. But the thing I want to say the most today is that our difficulty is God's opportunity. I'll say it again. Our difficulty is God's opportunity. God is with us in all circumstances, the good and the bad, and God can use any situation. God always seeks to work with his people. Of course, there's, there are times where we are beyond ourselves and God must act, but God delights in working with us, alongside us. He is with us in all times. And what security we have then? Like, what peace can we have then? God can redeem any, any situation, no matter what. Even our mistakes. For me, I'm one, I'm a perfectionist. I like to think ahead. I like to plan. Um, I like to follow the plan to the T. And so the, I, I often carry a lot of anxiety of, like, what if I make a mistake? 
and it's a big mistake and it costs us time or money or we even, you know, coming here like if we catch COVID and we can't get on the plane or something like that. But God has been reminding me that it doesn't matter. Even if it, I make a mistake, God can redeem it if I continue to trust him. So with that, next slide, please. We just need to keep looking out, keep looking forward instead of inward and backward, like looking into ourselves and looking back and, oh, how great things were before. Look forward to how God can use you and use your circumstances for his glory. So that, that, that leads me to a question. What's our reaction to difficulty? How do we react? What is our reaction to our exile here while we're waiting for God's kingdom to come? So I'd like to share a personal story here. Um, I work as a uh, junior high school teacher. I guess that's sixth form here. You know, so between 11 and 13. And I've, I've had some seasons where I've been very discontent at work, especially during the pandemic when I couldn't see the students and things. And I, I complained to God a lot about my work situation and why wasn't it better and why wasn't it easier. And especially recently, my job is changing, so I was like, oh, it's all ending recently. It's all ending soon, so I can just tune out, coast to the end. But God, God really challenged me on that. He said, no, 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 you're not allowed to do that. And um, he's really answered my prayers and showed me really concrete ways that I could help and serve in my schools, in my community, in ways that they're not in my job description, they're not what I expected, but they've been such uh, an encouragement to me and that I have something productive to do. And I, I do believe it's been a help to others as well. Um, likewise, if Amayava and I had not been stuck in Japan because of COVID, we probably would not have met. Um, we had different plans um, at the start of 2020. Amayava was going to come back in the summer. I was so fed up at work. I was thinking about going back to America and getting my master's, but... COVID derailed all of that, and, but thanks to COVID, we met, <laughs> and now, um, yeah, I'd say the future looks a lot brighter for us because of COVID. Um, so in that, just in, in our time in Japan, we've just had so many concrete examples of God redeeming really difficult circumstances or just unpleasant circumstances for his glory. And so I want to end with a challenge. So keep your eyes open. I want to say keep your eyes open. What is the good you can be doing in your situation now? Not later, now, while you're in that situation. You know, is regret or frustration stopping you from seeing what's around you? It certainly did for me. Um, or are we so focused on our plans for the future? Oh, in a couple years, I'm going to do this. I'm going to move here. I'm going to change my job. We're so focused on these plans that we don't see the needs that are right in front of our eyes at this moment. Are we too busy with our own things, our own plans, our own schedule, our own social life, that we don't have time to pray, that we don't have time to be with people, that we don't have time to serve? So let's ask God to open our eyes and help, help us to make the most of every day for the welfare of our cities, 
as Jeremiah writes, for the welfare of our cities and for his glory. Thank you for watching this week's message. For any more information or to find out more of what we do as a church, you can contact us at info at or check out our website at www.centre-church.uk.